0: Hello and welcome to the Prigya Arora show where we discuss law, innovation and entrepreneurship with people who have been there and done that. My name is Prigya Arora, founder of PA Legal and Intellectual Property Law Firm in India and our guest for today is Pavel Kopilov. He is into innovation strategy and legal consulting and he's also an educator so we'll have different point of views today welcome pavel on the show
1: hi pregia nice to meet you
0: yeah nice to meet you too and we uh, as uh, you know we generally start with your life story and how did you become the person you are today
1: uh, well just we'll try to keep it short so uh, i was a lawyer so first i started my career as a lawyer in my home country in belarus where i worked for a number of years then i moved to sweden where i live now and i've got a master's degree in industrial engineering you see like from from lawyer being industrial engineer it's a different path and after that i worked for the university with the courses uh, programs related to innovation and entrepreneurship then joined intellectual property advisory company Uh, where I helped uh, startups, uh, like larger corporations or like small startups or inventors from university with their IP strategy. And now I work for a European organization and I work with education and training.
0: Wow. So Pavel, uh, I know this is a, this is not a normal law firm job where we where, where you work as an education education and training. So can you tell me tell us a little bit about what you exactly deal in with your day to day life?
1: Yeah, it's it's not like normal career path for a lawyer, and I would say that I'm kind of on a, on a journey still, uh, trying to figure out. Uh, but I. Like the privilege of this is that you can see the invention, innovation from very different perspectives. So, yeah. one thing you, you see the inventor and help with the strategy, and uh, yeah, it could be an inventor in the company who has like financial muscles, muscles behind him, or like I've met inventors like doing uh, crazy things in their garage, but they yeah. and the inventions are not that proper technical advance, it doesn't need like 10 years of research and development, but, but still they are very close to market and wow. you need, need to help them. So uh, due to this and also being the educator, because like from, from my perspective, working with IP, it's very much about communication mm-hmm. and explain because IP is very complex, of course, and you uh, learn to how to explain like very complicated things in plain terms so people would understand
0: yeah so probably that's why we chose a topic of nft today because we want people to understand nft in simple terms
1: well exactly yeah so probably
0: let's start with nfts and probably like i think let's start start from the basics first is what are nfts and then when an nft is created what kind of ip rights do they have in them
1: yeah, okay. So, yeah, just NFT, I'm just made, was doing some research, yeah, to, to start mm-hmm. with. So, um, because uh, it feels like a very interesting topic and apparently NFT has a very significant economic value. Mm-hmm. People are willing to, yeah. to buy them, sell them, transact with them. So, NFT in a nutshell also is a data, is a, it's a non-fungible token. So, it's representation of data recorded on the blockchain mm-hmm. and it confirms something confirmed that you created uh, like some work of art or movie or whatever. So it's just just record and IP. Uh, so yeah. So basically, like in the NFT, there is, it's it's not directly IP, but IP comes because it's often uh, concerned that uh, NFT contain uh, the ownership of of some file or which includes. Uh, copyright image, copyrighted image, sound, uh, video, whatever. So uh, something that, you, that is related to IP. So I- in a nutshell, uh, NFT is, is kind of because I, when I was looking into NFT first, so I've le- learned about copyright case and it, it was um, uh, the hip hop band called wu Clan uh, who uh, made the record of, of the mm-hmm. album and they only produced one copy. Yeah. Uh, which yeah and it, it was sold uh for two million yeah and if uh, if if you buy this copy so what can you do as an owner so you can put it in your house you can play it for your friends uh relatives and you know, bragging yes you can show that i i own this copy so it's it, but you can't perform it on the live shows on the concert because you don't have a copyright so you don't have a license right. to 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 perform and the same thing is with nft yes you own this uh, digital in this case it will be digital copy yes so you own this digital copy but uh, nft does not automatically include uh, copyrights or permission from the copyright owner to to use this work commercially
0: mm, yeah So that's interesting. So if I have a digital copy, probably I can brag about it, but I cannot, as in copyright law, say, uh, law, we say we cannot uh, make a copy of it, transfer it, or make it into a different language, say, adaptation. Those rights I would not have. I'll just have a right to own that digital copy. Am I right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, we, we take it as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, so depending on, on the creator of NFT, so different tries can be included or cannot be included. So, mm-hmm. you, you, you need to have an additional uh, layer there, you need to license. And okay. then in license, it will, uh, it need to exactly say what, what you allow allowed to do with this NFT use it on ads or metaverse, like uh, different kinds of permissions. But as a starting point, NFT does not include license. So if you buy an NFT and you don't see the license there, so you don't have a license, so you can exploit it commercially.
0: Absolutely. And it's a very interesting world where we live in. So probably if I take a photograph of something, then I am the owner of copyright because I am the first author of the work. In general, it is considered as the person who is clicking the photograph. But if NFT is generated of that copy and given to somebody else, that person can own it, but IP will still remain with me because I was the creator of that thing.
1: Yes, as a creator, you can decide whether you want to give a license uh, as a package of NFT or you don't want and if you also can consider that okay if you give a license you can charge higher value for this yes. because it includes the license if not so yeah so it's the person who buys it have limited ability but on the, on the other hand it's yes, <laughs> very sorry like uh, uh, with pricing also interesting because uh, you you may do some uh, JPEG image and think it's it's not interesting and you sell it uh, with with the IP rights for example and then suddenly because um, NFTs they are traded on on uh, like stock market so there is a market for NFTs and the value can rise just before because of the market factor that people are willing to uh, buy uh, to charge higher prices so. And you, if you have given away your IP rights, uh, if you have given the license, you may be limited in what you can do with this. Uh, you, you can take the part of this value.
0: Correct. So, Pavel, I think with NFT, like on one side, we we have this boom. Okay, let's buy NFTs. Let's trade NFTs. Like like we said, just like the stock market. On other side side, there are a lot of potential infringement issues which could be involved so for example if somebody's original copyrighted work gets converted into an nft by a third party or by some other person would that be treated as a copyright infringement will there be any fair use involved in that or it would be a strict copyright infringement
1: well here it's like because if you uh, compare like physical property intellectual property nft if someone steals your car you go to police if someone infringes on your patent or like copyright for for, like printed work you also can go to the government officials you go to court and (laughs) to police eventually depending on on the infringement if someone steals your nft or if someone means, if if you have an NFT and someone means uh, the same work uh, on NFT, yeah, there is no police in metaverse, uh, in a way, as of now. So we, we are relying on, on the private uh, platforms that trade NFTs. Yeah. So, so you can do, like, in uh, OpenSea, for example, you, you can uh, do a claim that it's y- your original work and mm-hmm. they can block uh, the user uh, who had uh, has infringing uh, NFT. You can also do an TCMA, uh, yes, uh, Make a claim just to take it away but still uh so the party who is infringer so to start with you don't know who it is so you you only see the nickname and it can be related to to a company to several people to uh, like uh, like very clever pen- penguins uh, someone in south africa who just created an account so it's really hard for, for the government or officials for the police to find exactly who is an infringer so you kind of you claim the rights but it's difficult more difficult to enforce them to to get the compensation
0: perfect i agree with you totally that the, like we have the law in place that that person is liable for copyright infringement but holding someone to account would be very difficult because of the technology involved in it
1: yeah, exactly. And uh, technology: someone said pirated copy, uh, pirated NFT, and sells it on a high price. It's it's smart contract, so you can get it back. So okay. because like smart co- contract they executed code. So and they're not really smart, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it, it's kind of uh, they got the value upfront, uh, the infringer, and you can get it back.
0: So, uh Pavel, as, you, as we stumbled upon the term smart contract, I think it would be very better for the audience to just tell us something about what smart contracts are and how they interact with NFT, the exchange of
1: NFTs. Well, the smart contract is it's a code, yeah. So if computer A does one thing, computer B does different thing. So the code is executed, and it's uh, uh, recorded on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. simply that so uh i said like in real contract like lawyers so we can say that yeah this contract is concluded but the terms are should be amended afterwards or uh when you end up in court you, you may say that uh, sometimes should be should have been interpreted in other ways but there is no discussion with the computer so what's done is done uh, on the code yes so and nft are sold uh through smart, this, uh, through smart contracts exactly like from when i was thinking from nft creators mm-hmm. like for artists is it's a way to commercialize on like their brand or their creativity yeah. and get paid upfront. front so it's not like, yeah. like you, you put something on uh, Spotify and you get like uh, collected uh, like small chunks of uh, payments there. So with NFT you can get it upfront. Uh, so
0: absolutely, yeah. I think on one side it is doing amazing job by helping creators grow uh, their monetary value, but on the other side because the data protection is currently not in place and it has a lot of issue in terms of catching uh, someone for the ownership of data being used, it is a a legal tussle on that side.
1: Yeah, it's it's true, but it's kind of reality and... Uh, it feels like law is somewhat behind like technology so and 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 people are buying investing in nft and trading them uh, and yeah there are legal implications of course uh, and you can get scammed you can uh, the nft can be uh, stolen but yeah (laughs) who cares yeah uh, But we'll see, because now it seems like uh, with Metaverse coming, like big brands like Coca-Cola or like NVIDIA want to be in Metaverse. So they want to meet their customers in uh, the, those like digital environment. And uh, there they can use NFTs and, and trade with them. So probably, yeah, as time goes by, as we are getting more into metaverse. So there will be some court cases, there will be some uh, fighting about NFT rights, and we'll see what happens.
0: Absolutely, Pavel. As as we would we just discussed that there would be some court cases. In order to avoid those cases, for example, somebody wants to enter into the sale of or purchase of an NFT. What are the robust licensing practice they should consider while getting into an NFT transaction?
1: Well, if you, if you buy, uh, so you need to like see the nft and uh, if there is some license Mm -hmm. so at least if there is no license again so you don't have a rights for for copyright or designs or trademarks within this nft Mm -hmm. uh but you and of course it's your decision you you need just to understand what are implications for me using this nft Uh, and or or it could be implications for the buyers of whom uh, i want to resell to Mm -hmm. So it's like basically like check the, the documents, uh, what's included and what's not, and the platforms, uh they, they are like private companies driving the the platforms mm-hmm. for NFT sales, and they have policies, of course, in place that you should not pirate mm-hmm. uh, pirated NFTs, uh, etc. Um, I also think it's important to 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 trade on the platform that you trust and you know has mm-hmm. some. Track record at least, but yeah. anyway, anyway, for them it will be also difficult to to enforce the rights, but but still, so you have
0: a more. Pavel, should we agree that this is a risky space? It's not. A, it cannot be a transparent space, and the space as a whole is a bit risky because l- legally enforcement is very difficult.
1: Yeah, like from from legal perspective, uh, I think it's kind of nightmare. Yes, to, <laughs> to, to, to be. Uh, to be in this but what i've noticed like for example like from brand perspective the brands who want to be in nft so they they do like like you do with the product. so you you have a pan with your logo on, and then you have some design so like you have different layers of uh, protection for ip so like if you buy nft from coca-cola for example mm. and then you use it commercially uh, in in metaverse or wherever in the game uh, so you may be doing also not only copyright infringement but also trademark infringement Correct. Uh, but yeah then as a brand you need to register uh, this brand in respective classes as well
0: so. yeah yeah absolutely and uh, i think with trademark and copyright there is another ip which is design patterns because that also we get for 2d and 3d shapes So, I think uh, apart from copyright and trademark, there could be some scenarios where design patents can also be considered. What is your opinion on this?
1: It's hard for me to say because, like, to start with, design patents are. Uh, my understanding is very different in different jurisdictions like Mm. in europe they call design rights in uh, u.s and china it's design patterns so Mm. there could be different regulations Uh, yeah and they protect the like the how the product object looks like looks looks like yeah so it it could be an option as as much as uh, like trade trademark uh, but depending on jurisdiction but how you then define the jurisdiction for digital world, like for, for metaverse, it's also clear to me.
0: <laughs> I know, because uh, in in cases like this, IP is jurisdiction specific. So we need to see whether servers were located in that space or or a use was established. Is the website or the metaverse accessible in my jurisdiction? A lot of it comes uh, where we need to establish jurisdiction and under which code this case will go. So I think those are the also the concerns that we'll have to look on
1: yeah oh thank you it's, it's good, good good comment yeah I,
0: yeah so Pavel now we'll come to you again and your life I'll ask you three questions very quickly <laughs> yeah. what are three things in life you're grateful for
1: I'm grateful for grateful for my family of course Uh, for the place I'm living uh, mm-hmm. Sweden and for the opportunities I have uh, yeah
0: wow uh, Two traits that you think are useful for an innovator?
1: Some people are good at generating ideas. Some people are good uh, uh, in implementing ideas. Some are very technical. And like there are marketing people who end up being inventors on uh, biomedical uh, patent applications that I've seen. So I think interdisciplinary, like yeah. innovation and uh, innovators need interdisciplinary, interdisciplinarity like to be able to look from different fields and also like i see like in engineering companies like maybe it's also in sweden uh you tend to recruit people which uh, have similar background or that uh, have similar training from come from the same university and then you end up having like clones of each other like in the organization so i believe like to for innovation you need to expand to
0: yeah find one aspiration you have for the future
1: for the future is just continue sharing the knowledge experience properly inspire people or like give people ideas where they can develop. and
0: uh... Wow. See, uh, you are doing great work by educating people and that is helping them grow better. And I should mention your blog, which is uh, on the topic of legal and innovation and strategy together. I think people who are not following Pavel's blog should go and follow that blog so that uh, we add to your aspiration and more people are able to read your thoughts.
1: Oh, thank you. It <laughs> looks it sounds very good. And also people can reach me out on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm most often there.
0: Perfect. So, Pavel, any final thoughts before we conclude this podcast?
1: Well, thank you. It's nice talking to you. It's nice talking about NFTs and I hope. Uh, We probably will meet again and discuss like cases or just uh, what happened in this area or other areas.
0: Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Pavel, for your
1: time. Thank you. Bye.
0: Hey there. Thank you for attending today's session. If you enjoyed the session, do follow our channel and Consider sharing it with a friend. My name is Prigya Arora, daughter of inspiring parents, alumna of IIT Kharagpur, engineer turned lawyer and entrepreneur and now founder of PA Legal, where we help creators and innovators protect their intellectual property. Thank you.